This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Well, on today's show, it's Monday, by the way, if anybody cares or thinks about it. It's a beautiful day. It's now fall, and it's uh, rainy. So I guess uh, if we talk to Eric real quick, I guess that's what's going to happen now is we're in the fall, and it's going to be like this for like ever now. (laughs) Not forever. But, yeah, we do have a rainy, very fall-like week ahead. So, you know, we're right on schedule. Yes, indeed. Well, the gal we're going to be talking to, her name is Mary Reagan, and uh, she's back east, and she got the same stuff that we do. It's uh, It was uh, sunny on Sunday, and now it's rainy. It's uh, fall is here, and it's 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 going to hit like a ton of bricks, but that's okay. Um, since you're in control of the weather, I'd like you to make it better if you can. <laughs> I'll do my best. I tell you what, how, how about some sunshine on Saturday? I'll take that. I'll take Very that. Good. That would that would be that would be really good. The uh, author we have on today is uh, she's she's uh, a wonderful young lady, and uh, her her book encapsulates uh, um, uh, a memoir of hers uh, over a period of time, and she also gets to talk about. It's, it's almost like I was reading parts of the book and i haven't got through the whole thing yet because i just got it on friday uh because the mail service is a little slow mary um but uh, the, which is which is okay but it's almost it strikes to me as being almost forrest gump like um because it it encaps- encapsulates your life and things that were going on on a personal level but you also get to talk about some of the things that were happening on the national stage like uh um the shooting at, at uh um at andy hook and uh and you know, a bunch of other different things the the uh, presidents of of george w bush barack obama and uh donald trump um and hurricane sandy and all the kind of things and you weave all of those things that were happening around you in your personal memoir and you're also do redoing it or uh, coming up with a second version of it which will be coming out in the next couple three weeks so the name of the book of course is life flashes it's a memoir by mary reagan reagan and mary welcome to the show how are you today I'm good, thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk with you. And you're right. Um, I appreciate you saying it's Forrest Gump, right? Even though I, it's like Forrest Gump. I don't fully know what you mean when you say that, but I know that I really enjoyed that movie very much. It was very tender and very um, authentic. So I appreciate that. And yes, I did. It is the diary. It was written in a fashion in which. Uh, current events were uh, current events and past events were incorporated into it because I felt that as a journalist, it's it wasn't um, responsible for me not to include those events because we are people are affected by things that go on around us every day, uh, locally, nationally, and internationally, and we in turn the decisions that we make affect others, not only immediately around us, but nationally and internationally. 
how do I, how, how does this happen? I don't, I don't fully know, but I know um, that faith teaches me that this is so, um, whether faith meaning whether a church person is a churchgoer or not. And it's exciting to think that decisions we make, again, affect people not only around us, immediately around us, but around the world. That's how connected we are with one another. Oh, exactly. And uh, in our, the way that I view it is that we're all one. We're all one family. We are all one uh, human family. And it's important for us to work together um, rather than to be um, destructive and have hate and division for other people. We are all we are all one and we all need to work together. And that's how we're going to make the planet a better place. Um, and what I meant by my Forrest Gump like was that he was living his life as a simple man. And but he was he was surrounded by all of these things in history um, that were happening around him, like what was happening with you it, um, in in some of the writings that you do, as well as your your walk through. Um, your development of yourself and your faith and everything that went along with that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for, exa- for example, in uh, 1961, as a young girl, I was, there's, there's so many instances of this um, influence. As a young girl, I remember watching John Glenn, astronaut John Glenn, um, sure. splashing down into the Atlantic Ocean near the uh, NASA uh, in, in Florida, the, the NASA um, operation in, in Florida, um, after he had circled the Earth three times. And the United States at that time was involved in a, in a space race with Russia. And then um, in 1969, I remember seeing the Apollo, uh, the Apollo spaceship, uh, yeah, um, the Apollo spaceship um, going to the moon and Neil Armstrong um astronaut neil armstrong walking on the moon and saying one one small step for man one giant leap for mankind and then of course um there were the the challenger disaster the challenger shuttle disaster in 1986 in which all the astronauts were killed um shortly after the shuttle um, took off and then in 2003 there was a columbia shuttle disaster um, just before, ironically, just before it um, splashed down into the ocean. But then in 2013, I was at a Memorial Day um, Memorial Day celebration, um, honoring veterans from all, you know, from all the wars, um, from World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, and Gulf War, uh, at, and it, the, the main speaker was someone with whom I went to high school and his name is Stephen Bowen. He was a far, he was, a, he's a, U, now he's retired, but he was a U.S. Navy uh, submarine specialist. He was an admiral and he was chosen to be the first uh, NASA missions, uh, astronaut uh, mission specialist. And he went on three missions to the International Space Station, which is about, um, it's a, I don't know it's how you uh, describe it. It's I'm not fully sure, but it's it's um, it's an operation that um, or it could be like a satellite. I don't know. It's it's about 250 miles above the Earth, 
and they they at the International Space Station they do um, astronauts who are living on they're from different countries, and they're doing um, they're performing scientific experiments and research. And so Stephen was one of the astronauts that for uh, three missions he um, that he went there he was bringing um, they were bringing cargo and supplies. Yeah. So um, it was just it's interesting to see how through the years you see people, uh, you know, uh, persevering um, through, um, you know, aspiring to do things, persevering through through tragedy and um, moving on. And that you'll see that all you'll see that all throughout the book. Yeah. The uh, space station is the most expensive condo in the world. Did you know that? Yeah, he did not. Yeah, I just there's some just so many things that I found out about people. Like, for example, did you know that the night before um, Jimmy Carter was elected president, uh, he uh, he was mopping the basement floor of the home that he was sharing with Rosalind Carter, wife Rosalind Carter in Plains, Georgia. And I found that out because I went to an event where um, former first lady Rosalind Carter was speaking at the JFK library. And, uh, I just, I found that really interesting. And I remember him, uh, watching him the night when I was in college and I was watching him at the white house and he was witnessing the signing of a middle East peace agreement that had been, he had helped negotiate with then president, um, Egypt, Egyptian president Anwar Sadat, and uh, Israeli President um, Begin, what was his first name? Um, Menachem Begin. Yeah. yeah, and and I remember I remember being teary eyed when I saw him. I'm I'm not a highly political person, but I remember I remember looking into his eyes and thinking, you know, he's a good man, and it's not. I don't think he's a good man because he's a good because he's the president. It's not not necessarily about being president, but he's. It's not about the position you're in, but it, what's in your heart. And he comes. He came across to me as being a very peaceful man, um, and something, um, and a faithful man. I thought this is something that I aspire to. I mean, I also I remember President Bush um, the night um, the night of nine eleven coming on, you know, coming on to giving America a message through television and and you know, and defining, characterizing the the acts that happened on 9-11 as despicable and, and causing unimaginable suffering. And he said that um, America was attacked because it represents a bright beacon of light and no person or persons can ever stop this light from shining. And uh, people, uh, terrorists can can destroy buildings, but they can't destroy the fabric of America. And that still, uh, remembering that still, you know, chokes me up a bit. And I said, you know, you can't, um, that's somebody who's not a strong leader couldn't say that. I mean, it was just, he was, it just showed his, his strong leadership, just as I remember um, former ABC news anchor, Charlie Gibson, talking about he was a reporter at that time. Mm-hmm. And just before 9-11 occurred, uh, 
just before nine, uh, just before the first plane struck one of the twin towers, he and Diane Sawyer were um, were off the uh, were off the air because the reports had come in, the video came in, but all the producers were running around wanting to verify that this really was happening, and so they did they did that, and then all of a sudden. Uh, the producer says, okay, Diane and Charlie, you're on the air after they've just seen 200, you know, over 200 people crash into a building and die. Um, I, I can't even imagine what that must have been, that experience must have been like for them. And, and Charlie said that for weeks after 9-11 happened, he was, he found himself regularly teary-eyed when he was on air and off air, um, um, because he remember he was remembering faces of people that uh, you know and and things that he that they said. So um, I don't know if you want to follow up on that. I'm just trying, I wanted to think of anything else that you know really jumps out at me. But oh, um, when, when you got to see, you and I are contemporaries. So right. we, we we were we were, we was born just about the same time. There may be a yeah. few years uh, difference, but and when you look at when you look at the amount of history that you and I have had the opportunity to be part oh. of, both, yeah. both good and bad, from right things, right from things like uh, one of my earliest memories was the assassination of JFK. Yeah, five, four months later by the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show, mm -hmm. which was one of the most coolest things I've ever seen in my life. I'd well, let, let me just say something about that because, you know, I, me too. Uh, yeah. And, and one of the things that's really interesting about that is that television was only about 10 years old then. Oh, it I was know. A new medium. And um, I, you know, when president Kennedy died, they had, uh, there were like people running around to get cameras, you know, TV cameras to, um, to, to photograph the um, video, I'm so sorry, photograph the funeral. And uh, what was I going to say? Um, and actually the only reason that there was any footage of, of the assassination was because Abraham Zapruder, um, who was a tailor and he owned a business right beside the um, building um, where the uh, where Lee Harvey Oswald, who killed him, was he was in that building. I think it's a Texas Texas Depository building. Yeah, it was. A, um, mm -hmm. He shot him from there, and he just you know he went out to watch it. And he unwittingly filmed it. Um, but TV, television at that time, again, that was a new medium, and so it gave people a chance nationally to to grieve as a nation. Um, and a lot of, uh, it was, the t for many people, it was the first time, for many, you know, children, it was the first time they saw one or both of their parents cry. Was, mm -hmm. I remember sitting around the table with family members watching the funeral, and we barely spoke a word. We barely spoke a word. That's one of those uh, moments in time. And there are, in my lifetime, there have probably been, oh, six or seven of them where you remember exactly where you were when you yeah. got news. Of yeah. As an example, yeah. I remember where I was when Elvis Presley passed away or when John Lennon passed away or, or Robert Kennedy or, or Martin Luther mm -hmm. King. We've lost so many good people in our lifetimes. Um, mm -hmm. And, but we've also experienced some wonderful uh, and um, 
inventions and when when you and i were young flying was not something that everybody was able to do and and you know to to get into an airplane airplane like they do now and and it's just there's so many different things that you know even when you were a kid the phone system was so different than it is today and Mm -hmm. and stuff oh yeah yeah so it's it's, it really is remarkable and and go ahead Yeah, remember. Well, I just I remember when cell phones first came out, and I thought, oh no, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. That's you know, no, I'm not doing that. And uh, but then I did it, (laughs) and now I don't even you know I don't even think twice. I mean, when I started writing Life Flash as a memoir, I was writing with a composition notebook and whiteout, lots of whiteout. (laughs) But (laughs) but what happened was over time, um, you know, you you use whiteout and sometimes it doesn't dry evenly. So it makes writing over it, diff- writing over what you've written difficult. And then sometimes um, if it doesn't dry properly, it cracks. So then a family member um, gave me, who's a, who's a business, business person, gave me a laptop to use. And um, after that, I started using it. And as a rookie laptop user, I, you know, I, so I didn't know what I was doing sometimes and I ended up losing, just losing material because I didn't know where it went. Um, but overall, generally, uh, I, I didn't look back because, you you know, you could correct things right away. The copy was clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it's funny how you, you know, you, uh, you, we wonder now, like, how did, how did I live without that? You know, how did I live without a cell phone? How did I live without? Oh, oh yeah. I have a fun fact for you. What's that? Do you know? Do you know whose family developed Whiteout? Do you know who Michael Nesmith was? No. He was a singer in the Monkees, and uh, that's the, and his his mother developed Whiteout, or father, one of his relatives. Oh, Whiteout! I thought you said who who developed the White House. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was that was way before. Oh, I'm stuck on that one. By the way, we're talking with Mary Reagan or Reagan, and she's written the book Life Flashes, a memoir. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the history of it and how it intertwined with her personal history and some of the things that she has developed on a personal note over time uh, that's in the book. So we'll be right back after these messages. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview. And at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. 
We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and I just wanted to point out that, yes, every day at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time on YouTube, we do an episode. Either it's going to be live, like today's episode is live on YouTube, and uh, tomorrow's is a podcast, and Wednesday's is right now a podcast, but then we do live at 4 it gets real complicated at this point. And then when then Thursday at three o'clock as well. And on Friday, we do noon and on KKNW and three o'clock on Kixie. And so I invite you to enjoy all of the positive talk shows that we do. We have some great guests. We've got over six, six, six. Did I say six hundred podcasts up now under uh, positive talk radio? So uh, I encourage you to go and you can binge and <laughs> it take you almost a month to binge all of the shows 24 hours a day so you got lots of material to play with so i hope you'll go do that today we're talking with uh mary reagan and uh she's written the book life flashes a memoir and um mary this is a 14-year period that over which you wrote writ, writ holy moses that you've written <laughs> the book and uh it's based on uh your experiences from in, where you lived in massachusetts and uh all the things your your diary your personal things your memoir a biography and spiritual commentary uh, that is all encompassed within the book as well as national events which is what we've been talking about uh in the first part of the show but i wanted to talk to you more about how you wrote the book and your decision to put it all together the way that you did sure um i started um i well first of all i didn't intend to write the book um i um i found i've been finding late in life that things that i don't intend to do that i don't plan to do are the things that i enjoy in ways far beyond planning to do things and so it started out in uh, i started writing the book in 2007, just because I wanted to um, write a journal as I had written before. And I'd written a journal before, but I was, I didn't, I didn't care for what I was writing. I was ruminating a good deal in the journal. And I said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. So I started writing again. And, and in doing so, I vowed that I wasn't going to sugarcoat the writing, but I wasn't going to wallow in self-pity either. So I started it. And then three years later, um, I said, oh, I think this is a book. 
I think I'm going to continue with it until it's finished. Had I known then that it was going to be 11 more years before I finished it, I probably wouldn't have finished it. Uh, because, and that, and that's a testament as to why that we're not always, we're not always advised as to when things will happen, but I'm glad for every, you know, I'm glad for having worked on it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the time back. Um, it starts out with a conversion experience. Um, and I'm, uh, I was very ill at the time. And through a spiritual conversion, I had been ill actually for several years and I had been on, um, been prescribed uh, antidepressant medication for several years. And as a result of this uh, spiritual conversion um, or a, con a prayer, a simple conversation with God and deciding that I wanted to choose life instead of, in instead of death, um, my life began over I, again for me. Um, I had walked outside a house in which I was living. I was very lightly dressed. It was a January morning and I began a conversation. You know, I began thinking, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to go on much longer. I've been ill for so long now. And I just, I don't know how to move beyond the massive darkness that I've been experiencing. And and then I didn't realize it then, but I remember saying, no, I don't. And that was God asking me if I wanted life to end this way for me. And I said, no, I don't. And at that moment, I knew that um, in facing mortality, I knew that God was there. I knew it and I, I will know it all forever that God is there and God is listening and that God cares. So I, I began... Uh, continued conversation, began conversation saying, you know, well, this is why I've been upset and I did this and I don't forgive, you know, I don't forgive myself. And so, and then I heard the voice of God say to me, I forgave you for these things years ago. And I was speechless as I am almost now. So um, I said, well, and tears were falling down this face and I continued walking and I, I said, but, but Lord, I don't know how to, you know, I can't hold a job. I'm financially unstable. Relationships are difficult for me. I just, I don't know how, I don't know step one. Um, and, and then I, in the dark of early morning light, when it's dark, it's 5 a.m., I felt this spiritual hand reach down to me and it was composed of bright white light in the hand. And in, in the, and I heard the voice of God say to me, come with me, I'll show you how to live again. So that on that very day, I stopped ingesting prescription medication and I haven't ever had any desire to be on it again. Now I'm not saying that if you're, if a person is ingesting antidepressants that you do that, <laughs> you know, you, I, I'm, I'm saying that that's something that's a personal, that's between you and your relation and in a relationship with, with God. Um, but um, it did happen. And um, you'll see that, you know, a lot of in the book, there are many of the circumstances I was facing then are very similar. Now they didn't change, but, you'll see that um, I changed 
and it says that people can um, can change. As someone that I I met when I was in college, he was uh, a very positive person. Um, I was 19 when I met him, and he was 17, and he's just very very positive. And he, I remember him saying to me, "People can change at any age, at any time," and uh, that that's that's so true. So another things have. Um, I've just been, you know, it, it enabled me to, first of all, it, the conversion um, passion for living came back. That's the first thing that comes back. And then in that, you, your gratitude, gratitude for people, places, and things around you. You start remembering people that, you know, and um, you start putting relationships into perspective and um, appreciating people uh, and respecting limitations of relationships so um, it's been a wonderful, you know, it was a wonderful journey, um, wonderful literary journey. And uh, um, I'm, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be able to, that was, uh, I wrote it, you know, not only to, uh, to share these things, but to also, I wanted it to, it's a really love, it's a love letter to God and to the world. And I want it to, go is travel as far as it can travel. And it's been out for a couple of years, but it's coming out again because you're, you're it's doing been out for about a year, a little over a year. And hopefully it's coming. It's been actually, it's, um, it's been, it's fate. There's been some, um, issues, serious issues, which I, I won't get go into at the moment. Um, but there's been some serious issues going on in the public publishing world that authors have been facing. And so it's been challenged by that. And, and, it has bravely, Life Flashes a Memoir has bravely persevered through these challenges so far. So hopefully within the next um, few weeks that the second edition will be out. Um, I read, uh, I remember working on the second edition um, about six weeks ago. And I, you know, I read, I read the final manuscript and I thought this is, um, when I read it, it's, it's, it's like spreading peanut Peanut, creamy peanut butter. It's 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 very smooth, and it flows. And I thought I'm really this is very contenting, very very contenting. Well, now you've been around a while, like I have been around a while. Yeah. And yeah. what I what I've discovered, and I think that if everybody were to stop and do really to pay attention to their life and what's been going on with them, all the experiences that we have, uh, both good and negative. They're mm -hmm. all there designed for a reason. It's designed to take you from where you were to where you are today. As long as you pay attention to those things and you can learn from the experiences that you've had um, and with the hand of God or, or the universe or what, whatever you transcendent being, however you define God. Yeah. yeah. However you decide. Well, that's what I've been able to appreciate too. It's um, success can be just as challenging as failure. It, even more so. You know, it can change your change your life. So, um, so this idea that you know, when you when you're successful, you're happy, and then when you're not successful, you're miserable. It's not true. So, one of the things with here and um, that's helped me with that, with helped me a lot, um, is is prayer. It helps me to realize again that relate the relationship with God enables me to be. Um, turning it over to God, um, who who does it, treats us as equal partners 
when you think, you know, he, he could be a bull, he could be subservient, he could be, God could be, a God is in no way treats us as subservient. He treats us, he loves us all beyond imagining, and yet he treats us as equal partners, and he will not bully us or force us into um, partnering with being being a partner. He just will not do that. So if you feel as though that's what God's doing, it's not God. It's the other guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's one of those things. And I will tell you, though, that God does allow uh, us to have free will. And That's right. That's right. Use the free will, however we choose to, without mm -hmm. judgment uh, by right. him, because that is, he allows us to do that. That's part of the deal. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, if you pay attention and make the the uh, right decisions or the decisions that serve you best with the, with the guidance of uh, folks that I call from the other side, they can help you uh, to make those decisions and to when you have the free will, you can make the right free will decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Free will is fundamental. I mean, I remember uh, many years ago, I was teaching a, um, a CCD class. I, I did that for one, you know, one semester. What's a CCD uh, class? Um, it was a, like a, a religious education class oh, okay. for, gotcha. yeah, for fourth graders. And I enjoyed it. I did it once, but then I, I, I just found out that I, I found that I couldn't, but, um, the, the ch I really loved the children. They were, um, uh, I really enjoyed working with them. And we were talking about, um, uh, Sandy Hook, um, the shootings. And one day, and this fourth grade boy, I remember he folded his hands together and he says, you know, I don't know how God could allow this. He says, I struggle with this every day. And he, you know, he bowed his head and, um, and I said, you know, I reassured him, God did not want this to happen. God did not allow this to happen. God gives every person free will. And without free will, we cannot be free people. And even though, um, yes, um, Adam Lanza, who was the young man who shot, um, I think it was 22 people, children and staff of Sandy Hook Elementary, um, though he was mentally ill, he, he still made it, he still, you don't lose that. And he, he, he chose to shoot his, shoot his mother. He chose to, to shoot the children and staff of Sandy Hook Elementary, and he chose to commit suicide. So, and I believe, and I believe that God um, dealt with that, you know, um, and, and in a forgiving way. Now, what I, when I say forgiving, um, what I mean is God held him accountable for that. I don't know how God did, but God does, you know, God does hold us accountable for what we do, but, and he also is healing, you know, he also brought home all the, the people that, um, the children and the, and the adults that he murdered and um, he is continuing, I believe he's continuing to heal the people that suffered um, with that, you know, suffered with this event. And it's funny how you can be, um, don't you find that too, how you can be really, you, you don't know somebody and you, you, you've, you know, um, and you're affected by something that happens to them. Does, does, that, does that not happen to you regularly? 
Oh yeah. Well, we just had yeah. we just had one of the uh, one of the bigger times just recently passed was nine eleven, and yeah. that affected a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. and still does to this day. As does mm-hmm. Sandy Hook, um, because yeah. that has opened up a lot of eyes. I think to the necessity for us to not only get help for mentally ill people, mm-hmm. but also to mm-hmm. to talk about our um the, the gun issue and they that even even what is it uh, 15 20 years later uh people are still talking about uh the gun issue as it relates to sandy hook and, mm-hmm. and and it's important that we that we continue those things to look at them on an ongoing basis because yeah. that was something that 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 happened and we have the ability to not have it let it happen again and we should take that responsibility to not let that happen again right well i think um what was i going to say uh one of the things oh and well one of the very interesting points that that former first lady rosalind carter made when she came to um visit she visited the jfk library in 2010 she worked on mental health issues for years and she was very instrumental in passing the Mental Health System Act of 1979, which publicly disavowed the overcrowding of um, state ho- state hospitals. I mean, she when she was um, when Jimmy Carter was the governor of Georgia, she visited some state hospitals, and she saw people um, state hospitals that were meant for for 3,000 people, 12,000 people crowded into a space designed for 3,000 people, people rocking back and forth in chairs aimlessly and wearing diapers. Um, and um, so she she was a, um, a very instrumental in, um, uh, you know, helping overcome this. So she was in the deinstitutionalization of um, mental health hospitals that, that began because of this bill. And the uh, opening of uh, out, you know, outpatient centers for people who are mentally ill who could handle, you know, not being in the hospital, um, and group homes for people so that they wouldn't they would be living in more of a residential setting. But one of the things that she said, she had written a book called um, "Within Our Reach: Ending the Mental Health Crisis," and in the book she said she pointed out that twenty five percent of of uh, workplace productivity losses happen because of mental illness. And you could hear the gasp in the audience when she said that, because all of a sudden it just blew the door wide open um, to the reality that mental illness isn't for just some people. It's, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's society wide. It's not, you know, some people that go to a hospital and back in the sixties when you and I were growing up and it's true because it is true um, because I know people that were, you know, that were um, when in the sixties, if, if you were seriously mentally ill, you either went to a private or a state mental health facility. There wasn't, there wasn't any other treatment available. And so we've come and it's just wonderful to see how, you know, how, how far we've come and how, um, you know, how, how far we can go. And then, well, I don't know. I don't know whether I want to, um, I remember um, watching um, a 60 Minutes segment in 2015. It had been re-aired, and this uh, 
the assistant director of placebo studies at Harvard University and, and Beth Israel Deaconesson uh, in Boston. He was talking with uh, CBS correspondent Leslie Stahl. And he was saying what he said was that they found in, in 30 years of research that people who are mildly or moderately depressed and are being prescribed antidepressants um, are becoming well, essentially through the placebo effect of the medications, not not the drugs themselves. And, you know, Le- Leslie Stahl immediately rebutted, what do you know? What do you mean? You know, I know people who are taking prescription medications and uh, and we all know them and they're, they're getting well. And he said, yes, they are becoming well. But what they found in their studies of 30 years is people are becoming well, um, again, essentially through the placebo effects, the powerful belief in healing that when sure. one takes a pill. So I just, I found that really, I found it really fascinating, really, really fascinating. By the way, we are talking with uh, Mary Reagan. She's written the book, Life Flashes, a memoir. I highly recommend that you get that book. It's a, it really is an a interesting uh, journey through a number of years um, that uh, affects your life and also what was happening around in the world at that time. Uh, We need to take another really quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with uh, Mary and uh, and her book right after this. So please hang with us. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 a.m. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place, and because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week, based on a 13-week commitment, and as our partner, we are vested in your success, and we'll do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro. And let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, 
You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com. Connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there. I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. And uh, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'd like to thank you and welcome you to being in my dream. It is nice to have Mary here. She's been in my dream for the entire hour. Has it has it been as good a dream as you'd like it to be, my dear? Pardon me? Have you enjoyed the dream that you're in right now? Yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to ask you, because you, you've taken, this was a 14-year adventure to get this book uh, written, and it's continuing do you have plans for a second book? What What do you see yourself doing? You're a young lady, so what do you see yourself doing in the next 30, 40, 50 years? Yeah, I'm a young lady who's who'll be almost who'll be 70 next month, very young. Oh, that's all right. Young. You can live to be 110 these days without batting an eye. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I don't know whether I'll be writing another book right now. What I'm really enjoying uh, as much as writing the book is connecting with people. Um, about the book. It was a passion project. It's very much like a, a child to me. Life flashes a memoir. Uh, and uh, I want to spend a good amount of time doing that. Um, so I, I don't know. But right now, I'm very content with, uh, you know, w- with uh, the hope of releasing the, the second edition soon and, and sharing that with, with as wide an audience as possible. By the way, Kathy has uh, commented in and she says, you're doing a great job. Uh, she really enjoys listening to you. So um, oh, that, that, that'll probably, that'll probably buy her lunch for me. <laughs> well, good. I hope it's <laughs> at least one good. lunch anyway. I hope Two, it's push, if she wants to, she's pushing it. Yeah. But thank you. <laughs> well, the, the, that is terrific. Now, the book uh, "Life Flashes a Memoir." Um, the the current version is out. It's going to be. Um, oh, and Kathy says you're on, so it looks like this show is going to cost you lunch. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, well, you know, speaking of Kathy, she was um, and uh, and nine eleven. She was intended to. Um, she and her uh, husband, Peter, he's named Peter in the book. Uh, they had planned a vacation to Paris and Italy. Um, and in April of 2001, and 
Um, they were going to come back on, they and originally they intended to come back on September 11th. And she was, um, and so at the very last minute, um, because they were going to come back on the 11th because she was um, an executive with a, um, with a company that was, that was based in New York. And she was, she was, and she was going to, she was going to go to a meeting in one of the twin towers on September 11th. I think it was at nine 30. She had a, a, a nine 30 meeting, um, corporate board meeting. Um, and so she was, she, she initially said, no, we, we, it's important that we come back on the 10th so that I can fly, um, to New York. That's what she would do. You know, she worked, she'd work from home and then she'd, fly to New York on a regular basis. And then, um, so, so I could go to the corporate meeting. So long story short, um, she, a few a week or so later, she changed her mind. She said, no, I want to be in France for one more day. I want to come back on the 11th. So, um, her husband, P- Peter was not enthused about changing the tr- travel plans that they had made. Um, but, um, he, he did so. So when they were leaving France and from De Gaulle airport, they were, and they were after they were shortly after they were taking off after the end of their vacation, the pilot informed them of what had happened in the United States. And they closed, they immediately were closing all the airspace probably because people were panicking about something else happening somewhere else. So they were in the out, they were in the air for 10 hours before they were able to land again. I think at one point they did go somewhere where they could land and gas up. Um, and then she said when the people of France, the French people were so very, very good to them. Um, they said they didn't charge them any, any fees for anything until they were able to rebook their flights, which I think for some took like almost a week because of all the confusion that was caused. So um, who knows why she, you know, decided to change her itinerary at the last minute, but I'm glad she did. Well, from your understanding and my understanding too, there was a reason why, because she's here right. today. And, right. uh, and I, cause I'll tell you, they closed for those of you that, you know, it's, I was saying this on Monday, 25% of the, adults in the United States were not born on 9-11 because that was 22 years ago. And so there are people, 25% of voting Americans were not alive when 9-11 happened and another 30, another 20% were under five or under 10 and they don't really remember it. But I will Mm -hmm. tell you that the day of that, when the, the plane started flying in and there were actually four planes, uh, one, two in the trade, in the trade center, one in the Pentagon and Mm -hmm. one crashed in the, in a field in um, Pennsylvania. And right. uh, they shut down the, it was really eerie because, you know, I live in Seattle, which is a hub and there was no airplanes at all in the air for a long time after that. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. that was one of those. Because, things. because, because they, were, they didn't, they didn't know if the attacks were done yet. They could. Yeah. Not, yeah. They, that's yeah. That's probably why they closed the airspace right after the event too. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't know where the planes had come from yet. Um, mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I was re- watching a uh, um, episode of of a couple of uh, fighter pilots that 
that right when the planes hit, they got up in the air. They didn't have any bullets. They didn't have any uh, um, missiles. And if if they found the plane, the fourth one that they were looking for, which was the one that crashed in Pennsylvania, they were right. they had made the decision to crash into that plane to keep it from going into Washington. Um, yeah, that's what I heard. That you know, that's what I read or heard that that um, the fourth that plane that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, the heroic passengers overcame the terrorists and um, because they were intending to, I think, uh, probably crash into the White House. And there, there are there are people that will tell you. And I was listening to an interview by a guy. I'm not going to use his name because he'll probably sue the pants off me. That said, that said that uh, that was plane was shot down by uh, U.S. Uh, Air Force, and I don't believe that for a minute. I think that those people on board um, risked their lives, and they knew what they were doing. And I do, are, I do too. I'm, and they're yeah. heroes, every one of them. And mm-hmm. to, to say anything other than that, I think is yeah. a travesty to them and mm-hmm. is is not is not good for their memory. So I shouldn't be talking that way this is positive talk radio after all and, and you're we've been we're, we've been talking with mary reagan and mary we've got just a couple of moments left in the show and so i'm gonna give you the opportunity to say anything that you to our audience that you would like them to know well i um i guess maybe what i'll talk about um is uh you know i i talked a little bit about um family in the book. Um, and one of the things that family has taught me is, where did I put those? Um, one of the things that family has taught me, uh, you know, my family, um, you know, has grown over the years and people we've, some families in Pennsylvania, some pa- family now, you know, we, we live together when we were young, you know, some families in Pennsylvania, some's in um, Europe and England, um, you know, some's local. So we, and just the way our family evolved, we um, just turns out that we don't we don't see one another on a regular basis. And it used to bother me um, a good deal, but it doesn't bother me the way it used to because I realized that through the years that life's a lot like a soap opera. You haven't seen somebody for 10, 20, 30 years. You sit with them, you get you come together with them and you, you're there for an hour and you're all caught up. So um I found that to be a, you know, a delightful happening with family. Um, and I, I, you know, I love family. Um, and, uh, so, and then the other, I guess, a couple of things that I would like to comment on, um, 30 seconds. Um, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate, um, all the people, um, all the people in the book, all the people and everyone that's mentioned in the book, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I am now with your love, without your love and encouragement and, and discipline <laughs> setting limits with me. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and I wish everyone, um, I wish everyone well. And you so are 30 in, seconds. Yeah, you did well. <laughs> You are, you are right on time. We well, see the reason is this is live radio and and we have what's called a hard clock that we have to adhere to. And so if we're on the mm-hmm. podcast, we can go forever, but on the radio, we are done at precisely this moment. So uh, Mary yeah. Reagan, thank you for being here. Life Flashes and Memoirs, the name of the book. And uh your website Evan, is yeah. Can we go can we talk for a few minutes for before nope. after we've lost yeah. the air? 
after yeah. after we're off the air. Um, we can do that. So maryreagan.com and um, um, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you when, uh, yeah, we'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>